Welcome to House to Home Podcast. It's here that we'll learn how to cultivate an eternal haven in our temporary world. So grab a cup of coffee, do the dishes, or even take a drive in your car. Whatever it is you do while listening, I hope you feel right at home. Welcome everybody to House to Home, episode two. We're happy to have you guys listening in again. And today we have Gwen with us. Hello. So Gwen was raised by her mom. She has one brother and one sister. And they lived in a small town in Western New York. They attended a Roman Catholic church and grade school. But then after high school, Gwen met her future husband who shared the gospel with her. And she was converted to Christ at age 20. Gwen's husband did not seem to necessarily possess true saving faith at that time, but he knew the right things to say, and the Holy Spirit worked in Gwen's heart, and she started to attend church with her toddler daughter and her mother-in-law. And then through the discussions after church, her husband was prompted to go once again. She says that much more could be said, yet the thread running through the story is God's faithfulness to draw us to himself and to lead us to him. So now Gwen spends three days a week as a church child care worker. It's one of her favorite ways to help others, and she's great with kiddos. She loves my kids, and my kids, I think, already think she's like a second, third, fourth (laughs) nana. Um, And her husband is our pastor of Providence Church, Bill Hill. Um, That's in Evansville, Indiana. That's where my husband is an elder and a pastoral intern at. And Gwen's first calling is, like she would say, a Christian wife, mother, and keeper at home in which she revels. And her three children are grown. She has two daughters, one son, and a grandson. So Gwen is just awesome. And actually, Gwen and I have not even known each other for a year yet. Um, She and her husband just moved here recently. Her husband is our new pastor of our church. And so you guys have an interesting listening here um, to kind of listen in on a relationship growing and forming from the beginning. So we're kind of growing our relationship through this podcast. So it should be fun. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So last episode, Mason and I chatted about domestic liturgy, which we basically defined as a family's rhythm, schedule, and traditions in the home. It's the ebb and flow of our life in the home. And we thought that some listeners may be super encouraged in that and excited and they want to take off and create healthy family rhythms or change their family rhythms, pray about those. But we also know that some of our listeners may have been a little bit discouraged or even overwhelmed by the thought of having a healthy home life. So today we want to discuss our hearts specifically in regards to the home. As Mason said in the last podcast, the goal of domestic liturgy is to bring shape to the truth, beauty, and goodness that you believe in. And in order to have that rich home life, we need to kind of know what we believe about the home, and we need to have hearts that are softened towards the home and not hardened towards the home. So we're going to talk about our hearts today and how healthy hearts create healthy homes. So just to get you thinking, we're going to kind of blow through a couple scriptures here. The Bible has a whole lot to say about the heart, and there's a lot more than what I have here listed for you. But we're just going to give some scriptures just to kind of get your minds thinking, and then we'll probably pull more scriptures up as we keep talking. So Proverbs 4.23, which Gwen and I were talking right before we started, this is a favorite. It says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. 
Proverbs 27, 19 says, As in water, face reflects face, so the heart of man reflects the man. And Luke 6, 45 says, The good person, out of the good treasure of his heart, produces good, and the evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. And Colossians 3, 2, this isn't necessarily talking about the heart, but this will be a scripture that I'll probably reference later on says, set your affection on things above, not on things on this earth. And some translations say, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. All right. Do you have anything to add to that before we jump in? Well, I think what you were saying is um, that the mind and the heart are connected and how they're going to, your heart is just not going to magically be transformed to be content and be like Christ. For sure. Okay. So question number one. Why is having a healthy heart so important in home life and homemaking? Well, we can't deny that our heart, where our heart is, like we, like we just said, our heart and our minds being uh, connected. Um, if we have any unconfessed sin in our heart, if we have discontent in there, then our mind is often shaped by that, and that will affect how we treat our families and how we go about our chores. You know, it's often been said that... Uh, you can obey outwardly, but if it's not inwardly, it's not true obedience. Right. Yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I sent Gwen all my notes on this so that we <laughs> we could be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking how if we have, I guess, thinking of the, what scripture is it? 645, Luke 645. I guess that's probably my favorite one for this podcast. Out of the good treasure of his heart, he produces good. Out of the evil, he produces evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So what's in our heart is what's going to come out. And so like Gwen said, I just thought that if we have a bitter heart or an ungrateful heart, that's going to affect our home life and the other people around us, not even in our home, just the people that Mm -hmm. see us. But I think first and foremost, it'll affect the people in our home because they see us the most. And so out of the heart, our mouth speaks. So if you're complaining a lot, if you're angry a lot, if you're grumbly a lot, I think that all kind of shows what's going on in our heart and the health that is in our heart. So are you easily set off um, when the kid spills their milk or when the husband gives you bad news? Do you easily fly, you know, at the handle or are you content? We're going to talk a lot about contentment, Mm -hmm. I think, um, because all of this shows where our hearts are because that's going to pour out into our homes. And I wanted to go back to something you said about um, the uh, filling. What was it? Our filling our heart. What was the scripture? Um, The treasure in our heart. How does that get to be there? Um, Well, I was going to read. We were, Brianna and I in our church, the church has certain documents that were formed uh, early in the church like in the 1300s, I want to say. Yeah, you would probably know more than I would. Um, I could get that information. But one of them is uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is a teaching tool. And growing up in the Roman Catholic Church, I know many Catholics use a catechism. I never did, but my mom did. But it would be easy for many to think uh, the catechism is a very dry, Mm -hmm. uh, rote repetition of certain things. But it's not. It's very pastoral and helpful in understanding the summary of things that the scriptures teach. So to get that treasure in your heart, you need to fill it with the right things. It's not going to be 
necessarily the things you're seeing on television or on the news or um, books that you might read. One has to be quite careful with that. But I wanted to quote from uh, question number 89 from the Shorter Catechism because this tells us one of the most important ways that we can uh, have treasure in our hearts and to treasure the things of God. It says, how is the word, meaning God's word, the Bible, made effectual or effective to salvation? And the answer is the spirit of God maketh the reading, but especially the preaching of the word, an effectual means of convincing and converting sinners and of building them up in holiness and comfort through faith unto salvation. So, Brianna, maybe you want to um, speak about the importance of that in our lives as far as hearing preaching and not just reading good books, although that can be very good and helpful. Yeah, that kind of, that definitely goes into even the next point that I was going to bring up. Like you said, we need to be filling it with God's Word, and we should fill it with God's Word daily. But the beautiful thing about sitting under a pastor and being committed to a church is you're not only hearing the word and reading the word yourself, but then you're having it explained to you through a pastor who you should trust, who has been schooled and educated, and not only that, but first and foremost called by Christ himself to pastor and shepherd the flock. It's a vocational calling, so just as some may be, like you said, your first calling is to your home. And um, as a wife and a mother, that would be my first calling as well. And then we can have other callings outside of that. But just as a pastor, he would be first called to his family, but he is second called to shepherd his flock. And um, I just know, and I'm sure you know, Gwen, being a pastor's wife, how much time and dedication they pour into that through Mm -hmm. prayer and study. And so it's not, it shouldn't just be getting up on a Sunday morning giving a pep talk. Um, They're praying for you. They're examining you to know what you can take in, what you can't, and you should be learning underneath that pastor. And yes, we have so many tools, I think, at our disposal, like catechisms, Mm -hmm. like um, commentaries in our Bible, Mm -hmm. and um, you can listen to podcasts like this one, (laughs) but it should never replace sitting under the Word every Sunday. Yes. So on that note, too, That was going to be the next question I asked. How do we keep soft hearts towards the home? And you basically just answered it. Like, what are we filling it with? Are we filling it with God and his word? I think culture tries to tell us we need to fill it with positive things and we need to take the negative out. And I think that's good um, in a sense, but you can't just remove all the negative. For one, the Lord says that he wishes not to take us out of the world, but he wishes that we would be a light in the word yes. or in the world and we can't do this on our own we need his strength and we need commitment to his word and that was what i read yesterday in deuteronomy 529 it says oh that had such a heart as this always to fear me and to keep all my commandments that it might go well with them and their descendants forever and so this is a promise that is for us and for our children so when we're filling our minds with the word of god and we're filling it with maybe godly podcasts or godly music and those kind of things and then we're not only taking that but we're doing what the lord commands he promises that it might go well with us and with our descendants forever so the promise isn't just for us but the promise is for our children and our children's children and it goes on and on and on and that's how it should go perspective yes eternal exactly yeah so there's your eternal perspective there it's going on for generations beyond generations and so yeah what you're filling your mind with is what's going to come out 
of your mouth, not only, but it's going to show what's in your heart. What are you treasuring? Are you treasuring your Netflix show Mm -hmm. or are you treasuring God's word? Because if you're treasuring God's word, then you're going to do what he commands. You and I have talked about how we just love being keepers of our homes. We love Mm -hmm. even the mundane things. At least I think you do. We love to Mm -hmm. cook, be creative with that, be creative with our home decor with having people over um, with enjoying our children and not just getting through a day but there are some women out there who do not find that natural bent towards that so I wonder if we couldn't discuss a little bit about ways to help those who do not feel that way do you want to offer any thoughts first yeah so I think um, if a wife or a mom feels maybe like, well, I don't enjoy cooking or I don't enjoy decorating. Um, For one, you're going to have different things that the Lord has placed inside of you. We all can't be a hand. We all can't be a foot. So maybe you don't necessarily enjoy the cooking as much as you enjoy the decorating, or maybe you enjoy the decorating more than you do the cooking. Mm -hmm. But I guarantee if you looked a little bit closer, there's something inside of the home related that you find that you enjoy. And um, maybe kind of flourish in that area. And don't feel so bad if you have friends who love to cook. Because I have friends who just would like, they don't care if their house is messy. Now, I don't think your house should be a pigsty ever. Okay, so I'm not saying that you should just let your house go. Let it go. Yeah, but... Um, if your focus is more on cooking and your family's okay with that, then I think that's great. You know, don't compare yourself to the other mom who... um, loves to have a clean home, but you, you don't find organizing that much fun. And I think we should be striving for excellence in all areas, Yeah, obviously. Um, but we're all not a foot. We're all not a hand. Um, we have to make up a whole body and we'll find different gifts within the home. But yeah, if you don't value the home, um, or maybe home's just hard, I think there can be all sorts of reasons why maybe your home life kind of is stinky. Maybe you have a bad marriage or you have a wayward child or something like that and that brings a whole different dynamic um to the situation but if it's just I don't find joy in the mundane I think maybe look nothing is meaningless um and Mason and I are going to kind of talk about that I think in the next episode oh good we're going to talk about is all in vain (laughs) because it's not um it's not in vain even the little tiny like down to doing the dishes Mm -hmm. isn't in vain I was actually going to add to that things like bathing your children or doing uh, changing diapers. Mm -hmm. Some would say, you know, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. (laughs) But you're you're nurturing those little children that God's put in your family. And if you have joy in your heart and realize, like you said, that they are meaningful and they are not just things that you're going to repeat over and over again, but just realize how your child feels cared for when you do those things. And if you have joy, how they're going to have joy um, along with you most of the time. And even if they are grouchy or grumpy, like you said, Mm -hmm. if you are joyful in attitude and even I I think singing and song is, is such a great help to those things. If you have some good praise and worship music or um, hymns or whatever you find that point to God, um, that, we always, uh, when I was homeschooling my kids, we always had music playing at the end of the day mm-hmm. when we were doing chores or something and just, you know, singing, dancing around, just enjoying singing about 
God. So don't ever think if you're stuck in that where you're thinking, you know, I would be better served working in such and such career that I know that I would be useful. Well, yes, you could be, but our homes are should be a great focus for uh, ministry to our children yes. and to our husbands and to our homes. And the Lord says those who are faithful with little will be faithful with much. Yes. And so if you feel like, well, I need to extend these branches of mine out to the world, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you're faithful in your home first. So if you can't even manage um, the children, you know, in the mundane, like the diapers <laughs> or the homeschooling or whatever it may be, laundry. then, yeah, laundry, then um, I wouldn't necessarily expect the Lord to bring in other opportunities, you know, but as he sees that you're faithful with the little, like if you're faithfully changing diapers to the glory of God, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that may sound weird, but right. you can do it. Yes. <laughs> you know, like you said, these are little souls that we're caring for. So mm-hmm. when you're changing a diaper um, for the umpteenth time that day, just thank the Lord that you have a diaper to change, mm-hmm. that there's a little soul inside this little body. Mm-hmm. Um pray for them while you're doing the laundry and folding their clothes, you know, find ways to make it joyful. Like you said, singing. I remember I would get so aggravated at my mom. It was like heaping hot coals on my head, that scripture, because we would get into an argument or we would get like flustered at one another. Mm -hmm. And five minutes later, no joke, she'd be humming. And I'd be like, how in the world? I would like just go off and be like, (laughs) I'd be pouting. And it was, it was heaping burning coals on Mm. my head because she would be over it Mm -hmm. and would go along humming and singing. And I would be like still stewing. (laughs) So um, it was, that was like the best thing she could have been doing for me. But my goodness, it aggravated me so much (laughs) in the moment. Wow. So there's a a little tip for moms. Yeah. Just hum around. They may hate you at the time, but one day they'll look back (laughs) and they'll appreciate it. Yep, yep. So our culture has really kind of undervalued the home. And I think this can maybe be one reason why women think what they're doing in the home is um, not important, like Mm -hmm. changing the diapers. Maybe they think they need to hire somebody so they can go do something more important. And this has kind of been something that's been going on for the last few decades. So why do you think that that is? And how do you think we change that or we start to make a difference in the midst of a world that is kind of disregarding the home or doesn't find the home important? Well, I don't have the exact dates, but when women started to gain rights, you know, gain rights mm-hmm. to vote and have more e- more equality, although it probably will never be quite equal in the workplace. Women can do almost any job. They can right. be in the military, et cetera. So there's, um, there's some good aspects to that, that women are valued, but it's taken a lot of women out of the home or made them discontent with it. So I would say... We want to be balanced. If you do have, yeah. you know, many women have to work outside the home. I read once, evaluate all the money that you spend to work. And if you have money being spent towards caring for your children, plus you're not there for them. Right. Um, when you add up clothing, travel costs, yeah. food, um, any other supplies or things that you might need for work, and then daycare or child care, how much is left and how much of you are left when right. you when you work yeah. all day how much of you is left to prepare a meal are you getting takeout for the umpteenth time mm-hmm. um you know i i know some people might do that anyways because like brie already said you might not love to cook but i really think if you're given confidence in these things if you 
take a cooking class or if you yeah. even meet us ladies in the church and make some make ahead meals for your freezer right. you might learn that although you might never love it you can do it and it does take some planning <laughs> but i think all those equality rights that women wanted have some have backfired a little bit yeah. whereas women are not valuing their homes and they're hearing the voices of everybody saying well why don't you do such and such or you went to college for so many years and now right. you can't use it unless you're in your field but that's just not true i i uh, began nursing school years ago and did not complete it but i've found many avenues to help others with what i did learn in my home and outside my home yeah and we're not saying by any means that you can't work out of the home like you said mm -hmm. you work out of the home mm -hmm. i have lots of um friends who for whatever reason maybe need to work out of the home maybe their husband is disabled or mm -hmm. um whatever the reason may be we're not saying that there aren't reasons correct but is the home your first priority because like you said um if you're hiring somebody how many women do we know that look back and say those times were so short and I wish mm -hmm. I would have just been there it mm -hmm. wasn't worth the extra however much money a month or maybe it wasn't even paying off after you did the budget yeah, <laughs> um, right <laughs> you know there was there was a lot of money spent for child care and that kind of thing and I think sometimes we can just get so stuck in the season that we're in and think this is never going to end it's always going to be this hard or you know I'm never going to love this and you have no clue how in just a short amount of time, even if it's just a couple years, how that season is going to change. Mm -hmm. Like when we first got married, I didn't enjoy cooking. I always enjoyed mm -hmm. cleaning and um, organizing, decorating, but I didn't enjoy cooking. I just did it because I did it. And I wasn't necessarily even bad at it. I just didn't necessarily enjoy it. But as time has gone on, we've been married for seven years now, I can say I honestly love cooking now. And so I think that... Um, as we kind of just grow in those areas, like you said, find somebody who maybe is good at it, but maybe you're not good at it, but find somebody who is and have them teach you. And more importantly than that, what has Christ called you to do in your home and how has he called you to serve your family? And I think if you're looking at it from a, a higher perspective, um, you'll find more joy in those mundane tasks. And also you talked about how we, you know, wanted we wanted those rights and those rights have kind of backfired on us in a sense. Um, I was talking to Mason about kind of like when the industrial revolution mm -hmm. hit, um, not only women, we're not blaming women for this only, mm -hmm. um, men also became less home-minded and people just in general started to view their homes as kind of hotels, which Mason mentioned in our last podcast mm -hmm. where people started to work away from home, whereas it used to be all home-minded. Maybe your business was inside of your home and everyone at the home put towards the work. Um, or maybe, you know, you had a farm and everyone still lived, you know, at home. Uh, but when the Industrial Revolution hit, everyone started going out of the home. And I don't think that's necessarily bad. My husband goes out of the home four mm -hmm. days a week and comes back home in the evenings and we eat meals together, um, but he is still very home-minded. He's doing this for the home, mm -hmm. which um, reminded me of a quote by C.S. Lewis. It says, a housewife's work in reality is the most important work in the world. What do ships, miners, cars, government, etc., exist for except that people may be fed, warmed, and safe in their own homes? As Dr. Johnson said, to be happy at home is the end of all human endeavor. 
first to be happy to prepare for being happy in our home hereafter, our heavenly home, second, in the meantime, to be happy in our houses. We wage war in order to have peace. We work in order to have leisure. We produce food in order to eat it. So your job is the one for which all others exist. So he's talking about a housewife's work, which I love, but I think that this can be related to just being home-minded as a family, that you work not just in vain. You're not just working to work to get more money to do this, to do that, but you're working for these people in your home. And ultimately you're working, you should be working to the glory of God, not even just your home. Your home isn't an end in and of itself. You're working to have a healthy home so that you can create these healthy humans who then go out and create a healthy church. Mm -hmm. And that's the end goal. We wanna be a beautiful bride that Christ comes back for, right? We don't want to be a messy bride for forever. And we know that that's the end goal and that in the end, that is what happens. So we're um, continually in that process of sanctification. Okay, so if someone feels discouraged in their home life for whatever reason, and we might've answered this a little bit already, what should their first steps be in cultivating a healthy heart towards the home? Well, I think first of all, if any of our listeners do not know where they stand with God, they are encouraged to ask someone or even just reach out and pray to God. He hears the sincere prayers of people. Mm -hmm. And if you have Christ as your savior, you will grow in your understanding over much time. We wrestle, go back and forth with these things, but the scriptures do say, that we are God's treasured possession. And I think if we start there and know that we are are known by God, he gave us the gifts and he knows our weaknesses, he knows all of it, the whole package. If we know that he still treasures us in his son Christ, that we believe he died to save us from our sins and to be our our savior forever, um, that's a good start right there. because if we're discontent, I would, have, I would have to say perhaps we don't have that relationship with the Lord Christ. Yeah. We um, would rest in that, and that would help us to go on and know that we're all created differently. We are not to be discontent when we compare ourselves with other women. You said you were going mm-hmm. to speak on that again in an upcoming episode. I think yeah. that's going to be a really good topic to continue to go back to because when you have been in life for a long time living as a believer discontentment can spring up when you least expect it some new occasion or a new person can come in and then you just have to remind yourself uh, what god has done for you and be thankful for that and move on from there yeah that's good that's deuteronomy 7 6 for you are a people holy to the lord your god the lord your god has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. And it's funny, I'm in Deuteronomy right now, so I've been reading all of this. That keeps happening to (laughs) us. (laughs) That's good. That means the Holy Spirit's working. Yes, amen. (laughs) And yeah, so we're treasured in the sight of God, and we should be treasuring him, like you said earlier, and like that scripture says. um, We should be treasuring him and his word in our hearts. And I think that talks to... um, towards like if you say oh I don't like cooking or oh I don't like this I think just treasuring the Lord in those little things and these little acts of obedience um, makes these little things not so little anymore and we see them in a bigger light and that kind of points me to 
just not seeing our trials as problems or as meaningless, but instead our hearts are most of the time the problem, not our home or the people in it or what we do like or don't like. Um, but our battle is most of the time, all of the time, <laughs> spiritual. It's not against flesh and blood, so it's not against the people in our home, um, the material things that we don't have or we do have, or maybe even the talents that we wish we had or that we don't have. And our affliction is momentary, and the light, it's light. It's light in comparison to the eternal weight of glory. So the Word tells us not to look at what is seen, but to look at what is unseen, to set our affections and our hearts on the eternal things. So how is your home and your trials and your pain and your joy all meaningful? Well, because it's producing a new sanctification, right? And it's an eternal weight of glory. So every detail of your life is in the hands of a great and mighty God. And that should bring you that contentment because knowing that he is sovereign, he is in control, and it is not meaningless. And so why is the home important in all of this? Well, because if you can't be happy at your home, then you, you're not going to be content elsewhere either. These people in your like the people that you have in your home, the location that you were put in, mm-hmm. um, the house that you have, everything was given to you for a purpose, and you are meant to steward it well. That goes back to again, those who are faithful in little will be faithful in much. And then I um, had a quote here by Clive Barker. He's a film director, but I liked what he said. He said, mm-hmm. "Any fool can be happy. It takes a man with real heart to make beauty out of the stuff that makes us weep." And mm. so maybe your home is a real discontented place. Maybe maybe you're really heartbroken about your home. Um, that's the thing is Gwen and I talked about how we cherish our homes and we love our homes. And we've kind of always loved our homes and cherished it. But mm-hmm. we know that some women out there, home is a place of mourning. Home mm. really can make them weep. Mm-hmm. And um I think then it takes real heart and that heart has to be rooted in Christ Mm -hmm. to make beauty out of that and trust that the Lord is a God who comes and makes beauty out of ashes, right? Mm -hmm. That he totally transforms, that he took hearts of stone and he made them into hearts of flesh and that he can do the same thing for your home life. But we have to trust him in that and do what he commands and that be obedient to him. I wanted to add one more funny, well, not super funny, but <laughs> somewhat humorous thing is uh, my um, husband is not fancy when it comes to food, but I love trying new things and things uh, to make. And he's um, not a sweet lover. I know. I, oh. I just can't get that. So we're opposites because I, I have, I even will have a little piece of chocolate after breakfast. What's wrong with breakfast? You know, you don't have to wait till lunch or dinner. Mm, that would be good really breakfast. good. So, um, so I have to ask myself sometimes not to go overboard with um, making new things when I have a simply satisfied husband. Uh, it could be, um, you know, I was almost going to touch on um, expectations. This isn't quite expectations, yeah. but it, it could be that we have different expectations than our spouse. And we try and listen to those things and try not to make what you love be what they love if it's yeah. not sin. So yeah. my trying to make new things or sometimes spending a lot of time on a recipe is not always necessary. It's enjoyable to me, but I have to make sure not to go overboard with that because I could be taking time away from like reading something that I right. need to read or other things like that. But I'm thankful for my sim- simple 
simply satisfied, easygoing <laughs> husband with meals. And even though he doesn't like sweets, it's yeah. okay. <laughs> no, that's a really good tip because I think some men may value having a clean home mm-hmm. over having a huge elaborate meal. Yeah. But some men may really want a good home-cooked meal and they don't care if the house is a wreck when they get home. Hmm. Maybe some men want it both. Yeah. <laughs> both ways. That could so be. maybe you'll have to kind of learn how to balance that. Or like even kids, like learn what your kids what makes them feel loved. That's really hard for me because I can meet all my kids' physical needs mm-hmm. all day long. And I know that I'm good at that. Like mm-hmm. I know that I'm good at organizing and I'm good at managing my time in a way that I make sure everyone has breakfast on the table and the house is clean and diapers are changed. But I know myself and I know that it's harder for me to just stop and get on the floor and play. Mm-hmm. But that's going to make them feel more loved yes. most of the time because that's something they don't get all the time. But then maybe there's a child who their parent spends all day playing with them and doesn't ever give them clean sheets. Well, maybe the clean sheets are going to make your 12-year-old feel Mm -hmm. a lot more loved Mm -hmm. than um, all the time you've been spending with them. Not that I think time is truly one of the best things we can give, giving ourselves. However, if you're um, neglecting the home, and you're just taking them out all the time doing fun things. Well, maybe they want you to, you know, give them a meal every now and again. <laughs> you every know? now so, and again. I love it. So just find, like, we're, we, we should know our weaknesses and lean harder the other way, you know. So yeah. if your weakness is to get on the floor and play with the kids or your weakness is to maybe you don't do um, housework as much, you know, lean the other way a little bit more because – We all are weaker in some areas than others. And I don't know, hopefully you ladies listening would like to uh, hear about this topic, but Brie and I have discussed talking about decluttering and helping your house to function well. So I've known another real short story is one of my dearest friends back in Virginia. I've known her for probably 20 some years, maybe 30 She is the type that if we wanted, if I popped into her house or if I asked her if she wanted to go to the beach, she would drop everything. Her house would be like a bomb landed in it. And, but I always appreciated she was ready to go and do something together with, with our families together. But, um, it may be a real concern and a lot of people seem to not mind living in a cluttered environment, but if you were to ask them, they really just don't know where to start. So I think we are going to do, um, an episode where we talk about decluttering and helping mm-hmm. you keep your house peaceful uh, without, you know, being sterile. Right. Um, and we know, you know, I think that most would agree that contentment comes from not having chaos in your house, whether it be yeah. dirty dishes in your sink, toys all over. So we'll come up with some good yeah. things to talk about with that. Too. And that's just proven. Like studies tell you that mm-hmm. stressed out people have messier homes. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And messier homes create stressed out people. Yeah. So whatever way you want to say this equals that or that equals this, mm-hmm. um, it's just proven that if our surroundings are chaotic and unorganized, then eh, it might be telling a little bit something of your soul too, mm-hmm. you know, your yeah. spirit. Okay. So how is all of this that we're talking about the work in the home, how is it eternal work? So we've kind of talked about it being eternal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just temporary, but how is it eternal? I would just say one simple thing, and that is when we get to our heavenly home someday, we will not just be reclining on couches 
<laughs> in the clouds with streets of gold and eating You mean grapes. I don't get wings? <laughs> the Bible doesn't say anything about that. There's but... no chubby babies with wings. <laughs> right, heaven. right. That's that's a purely earthly um, uh, image that people have made up that's very cute, but there's nothing in scripture about it. But we are going to be doing the work of yeah. praising the Lord with a myriad of angels and other people who Mm -hmm. he has welcomed in so um we what was our original question how How are we looking eternal yeah you're going so our our um our our work here will uh if we're doing all we can to do things as god would will as he has set forth in his word as we've talked about we are preparing for an eternal uh work of praising and glorifying God forever, and it will not be like work. It will not. We will not be dealing right. with our sinful tendencies, um, discontentment, or any of those things we've discussed today that give us hardships. Yeah, because work isn't a consequence of the fall. We were told to work yeah. prior to the fall, but the Lord increased our labor and mm-hmm. childbearing mm-hmm. and he said that man will now work by the sweat of his brow right. so um, work isn't bad but because of the fall it's been tainted and I think something too just to keep in mind that we are eternal beings like Gwen said so we're made in the image of God and we're creating more eternal beings that are made in the image of God and this is why the home is so important so the home that you live in now may just be the four walls around you and it may be temporary but our eternal home in Christ is not and everyone in your home has a spirit has a soul and they're eternal and they one day will have an eternal life with him and so I think it's important to keep in mind that everything we do is either going to point people to Christ or away from Christ. This month's giveaway is sponsored by the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Lexi Solvay and Jordan Sparks birthed the wonderful idea of a family cookbook, and we will be giving one of these away to one of our lucky listeners. This cookbook has waterproof pages and over 40 recipes from Lexi, Jordan, Margot Voth, and myself. Margot's husband Riley did much of the back work. I had the privilege of doing the photography, and the recipes that are included are tried and true family favorites. This is a giveaway you will not want to miss out on. You can enter to win by visiting House to Home Podcast on Instagram and follow the instructions on our post. You'll need to make sure that you're following both House to Home and Fruitful and Fearless. Tag some friends and like the post. It should be easy to find. It'll say January's giveaway. So go enter and good luck.